invalidated can cause a lot of pain and challenges in life. And we start today with an article by E.B. Johnson. It's called Dealing with Dismissive Parents. While today's theme deals with dismissive parents, you can apply this to the sense of being invalidated by someone close in your life, a friend. And there are so many other areas to consider about being invalidated. We're going to really explore this today. No matter what age we reach, the connection we share with our caretakers is extremely powerful. And the sense of being invalidated or rejected, even in adult adulthood, can feel really painful. To some people, even like a death sentence. And in many ways, it is. Dealing with the dismissal of a parent is hard, but it's not impossible. What are some ways that we're dismissed by a parent? They refuse to see us. Maybe we're fighting with the traumas of a childhood dismissed. And getting to the root of the issue starts with shedding light on the patterns that have been lurking in the shadows of our lives. What does it mean to be dismissed? And understanding the pain and the challenges in life that can result from that sense or that perception. I'm going to start and I'm going to pivot to reachout.com. This is an organization in Australia. They are a leading online mental health organization there, according to their website, for young people and their parents. Their article introduces us to Mary, and this is Mary's story. Mary is a teenager when her parents separate. It had been several really rocky years for the parents, and so they split up. She feels like once they split and leading up to it, she is in a worse situation. She thinks that dad is the enemy. We're on one side and he's on the other side. She realizes looking back a lot of things. One, her mom tried to bind her to uh, herself emotionally. And she thinks the reason is to feel secure. What does mom do? She says, well, listen, Mary, your dad cheated on me. He cheated on us. He left both of us. And and guess what? He does not love us. That's who your dad is. Mary is not told that she cannot stay with dad, though she is encouraged to sabotage her time with dad. In time, Mary goes back to a relationship of some level with her father. And she realizes something very interesting. If she comes home from that that interaction with dad and says, hey, I, uh, I had a good time with dad, the atmosphere at home changes immediately. Mom would stop talking to Mary completely or withhold affection and lock herself away. It makes me think of the silent treatment. That's a tough one. So she knows, okay, if I come home, and I say, I had fun with that, I'm going to be punished. If I say, yeah, it was, he's a bad guy and I didn't have fun, that, that love is conditional. 
Mary's mom also drank, and there was some level of neglect. And today, Mary is an adult, and she knows this has really shaped some of the challenges she faces today in life. Statistically, the sense of being rejected or invalidated by a parent can cause the number one thing seems to be relationship trouble due to some negative core beliefs. And that damage in relationships stems at the base of the core belief of difficulty trusting others. Hey, I couldn't trust my mom. Can I trust you? I was invalidated by my mom. What happens if I don't act a certain way around you? Mary today is actually connected with her father, though rarely speaks to mom. She is working hard in therapy to get through the impact of these years. She has nightmares, less frequently, but she has them. Mary says, I accept that these things are going to be with me and that it may take a lifetime to work through this pain, though I am committed to understanding it and not letting any of that stop me. Great article through Medium. And we're going to continue on with what happens, the sense of being invalidated. And guys, as you know, Wes here. What's up? Anxiety help with Wes. We're back. Um, I've felt this. I love my parents. And I can think of a number of times, specifically with one, where I felt invalidated. One of my, my parents did not have the skill to say, here's what I did and here's how it impacted you. But there are no, so I, when I look at my parents, I think why my parent, why I was sometimes invalidated was my parent didn't have the skill or the ability to validate. And their go-to source of um, understanding themselves and making sense of the world was through a religion which in my opinion, did not give them the skills they needed to successfully uh, interact with kids or at least to the degree that's possible with kids or a spouse. That's what I would say. That's very personal. I still find myself hesitant to put my stuff out there on some level, but that's why I'm doing this, and that's why um, I'm a counselor now because I feel like I've been through it. Okay, childhood traumas and unexpected hurts can cause our caretakers to distance themselves. It's hard to see when we're little more than broken kids ourselves. Figuring out why parents do this is hard but crucial. You can only come to understand the pain when you learn to understand theirs. So it starts by... Let's look at why our parents may invalidate. It's also very important because the word perceived is used several times in this article. Perhaps we have a story in our head where we perceive invalidation. And maybe it's not real. That has to be examined as well. The primary reason that dismissive people engage in hurtful and distancing behaviors is that it allows them to feel more powerful and more confident. Sometimes. I'm going to add to it. 
makes them feel more powerful and more confident. So there's some sort of sense of control, perhaps, of power when a parent does this. Second, they need a scapegoat for their pain. Some parents use their children as scapegoats for their pain, using them throughout the decades to carry their, quote, sins and bear the brunt of the burden that their mistakes have caused. This allows the parent to turn away from or deny their child and at the same time deny their own pain, detaching from it in a way that is neither healthy nor constructive. Hmm. So it's like, if, if I get to dismiss you, I don't have to deal with my own pain. Okay, cool. There's another thing, a need for revenge. There are parents who push their children away because they are looking to recover some sense of power from perceived ills or wrongs that went on in their life. How are we dismissed? How do they additionally, how do they do this? They discount views and beliefs. A parent who is incapable of honoring the views and beliefs of their child is one who does not honor and love their child truly and completely. Hmm. Discounted views and beliefs. And again, I go back to skills. They may not have the skills to validate plus disagree. Another big one. Emotions are invalidated. Emotional availability isn't just a game for romance, right? It's a dynamic that should exist between parents and children. For example, if a parent calls us too sensitive or they dismiss our emotions as being not worthy or unwarranted, they are invalidating our point of view and therefore undermining our value, whether they realize it or not. They push us away. The next one. While constructive criticism is valuable at any stage of life, this over-the-top criticism of a parent who's wounded or trapped in their own fear and insecurities is poisonous and toxic to the ways in which we develop our self-worth. This may look like growing up with an overly critical parent that can leave us internalizing their negativity in ways that leave us asking ourselves if, uh, am I good enough? Getting a little more coffee. There's and, and the article goes really deep on each one. Next, they criticize our innate abilities. Our parents are human, and that means they can sometimes become threatened or invalidated when our abilities and characteristics are different from their own. For this reason, the dismissive parent has trouble connecting with a reconciling and reconciling themselves with their children and push them away for the simple mistake of not being a carbon copy. There are so many side effects of, of, of this, and I'm going to go to another article from Live Well with Sharon Martin. She says, here's some common sayings that happen when we feel invalidated, and we're going to get to maybe how to deal with it a little bit. I hope that you walk away from this going, oh, it wasn't just me. You know, that my, our purpose isn't to go, ah, my parent invalidated me. Forget them. That makes anxiety worse. But we do need to be able to realize and see what's going on and why we show up the, the way we do in today's world and how to deal with it. Here's a couple fra- phrases. 
I'm sure it wasn't that bad. You're overly sensitive. Eh, you probably took it too personally. You'll get over it. Just let it go. You're a strong person. That's interesting, that one. Hey, you're a strong person. That can be invalidating. What about this one? It could be worse. God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Or, everything happens for a reason. I heard that one a lot. I don't think it's for me being invalidated. I just think that's an actual belief. I don't I don't subscribe to that, by the way. Does everything happen for a reason? Maybe. I have no reason to believe that. I have no evidence to see. I know exactly how you feel. That was a big no-no when I was going through school. Never tell someone you know how they feel. Because you don't, only they do. We can share some experiences that may relate, though. You shouldn't be angry, or you shouldn't be whatever you're feeling. Next one. Gosh, you make a big deal out of everything. We can straight out deny it by invalidating. A parent can. That didn't happen. Didn't happen. Hey, stop making things up. Or, here's the with the withdrawing. I'm not going to talk with you about this. Ah, you probably misunderstood. As I read this list, I have to say, though, if you hear that, each situation has to be analyzed because I know myself, as I untangled my anxious mind, there were a lot of stories and judgments about people. And so I... Maybe you might hear you're a strong person, but that situation has to be looked at itself. Invalidation can also be nonverbal. Rolling eyes, ignoring, playing on your phone or another distraction, leaving the room. I'll tell you something I do. Uh, and I have an interaction with a parent who, if the phone rings or a text comes in, Whatever I'm saying, anything I'm saying, will immediately, attention will turn to that phone. And so, if I speak to that, I will be invalidated. I will not be valid. Hey, come on, I'm listening. I'm listening. No, no, go ahead. Whatever. You're so sensitive. What do I have to stare at you in the face? So, what I immediately do is stop talking. Phone, text. If I'm in the middle of a sentence, I stop talking or walk away. Not to punish, but to say, no, it's okay. I'm not angry about it. It's just you very clearly communicated. You're not listening. And that whatever is on that text is more important because maybe there's some level of addiction. That's okay. Cool. I'm done. It's okay. And that's what you do. It works for me. And if they come back and the parent says, no, 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 go ahead, go ahead. If they give me their attention, yeah, sure. Also, with a parent, it's interesting. It's like, you know what? You're in your late 60s now. You do what you want. I don't care. I don't need anything from you. I just want to I, I brighten your day. And um, if it's something kind of small, that's not the battle I want to fight. So what do we do when... Well, let me, let me jump to something. So what are some side effects of being invalidated or... For example, Mary from the story, 
invalidated for her feelings, rejection, for her her actual love uh, for her father. By the way, that is really disturbing that the parent would use Mary as a tool for control. Really disturbing, really upsetting. I see it a lot. Here are some side effects. We struggle to resolve the relationships or the lack of relationships we share with our parents. <laughs> so when, one side effect, challenge with our parents, our relationship. It manifests in our lives in a number of additional ways. Fear of attachment and love. As the adult children of dismissive parents, it can be hard for us to have healthy romantic relationships. This is because there's an intrinsic fear of attachment and love, which comes from an unfamiliarity with the subject altogether. Let's take Mary, for example. She's in a relationship. There may be fear that if I express myself a certain way to you, it may very well, or your love for me may be conditional based on an opinion I have. So therefore, I will act a certain way. It, gosh, it gets complicated. Children who have developed with an emotionally void parent grow up to become adults who struggle to attach normally and demonstrate or receive love. Trust. I don't trust that I can maybe be myself with you. But trust is a major component of any relationship, but when we fail to receive that trust and security early in life, it's hard to recognize and reciprocate it later down the road. What happens is we develop defensive, defensive, defenses or protective mechanisms that keep people at a distance. This creates a safe space. I think I do this some, by the way. I don't know. I'm, I'm asking myself, am I creating a distance with a couple people in my life? I think some of it is to protect myself. Uh, but also to avoid being used in some friendships. I guess it's different with friends. But there can be a sense of hopelessness and loneliness. There's also a lack of identity and direction. Oh my goodness. Having a strong foundation of morals and identity can protect us from many of the pitfalls of toxic relationships. When we don't understand who and what we are, it's impossible to identify what we need from the world around us. We cannot have direction if we don't know where we want to go. <coughs> Sneezies. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it takes breaking with tradition and breaking with the crowds that we've always known. You know, for me, in my t late 20s, I said, I am not sure what direction I'm going as far as a relationship or a career. So I'm going to stop and I'm going to do an analysis, dare I say autopsy, <laughs> of all of it. Because my trajectory doesn't, doesn't show positive. So I took three years, did a program, did a number of programs, but three strong years of really trying to identify what got me the way I am. How do I deal with it? How, do I, how am I showing up with the world today? 
What do I need moving forward? What am I all about? I'm going to determine what's right for me and, and my own morality and my own. You know what's interesting, friends? It was 2016, and I wrote a document about what I wanted in a relationship and what what I would not compromise. I was not interested in this, this, and this. I am interested in this type of person. And I set a very clear map of what I wanted, what I didn't want, and some pitfalls. You know, maybe I'm feeling really lonely and I need some, quote, validation from a female, which will never satisfy if there are deeper core issues. After I set that and stuck to that in 2016, it was literally a few months down the road where I found that. And I'm in this incredible relationship, uh, going on two years strong, four years. four ye- We dated for two years, got engaged, got married. And before that, my longest relationship hadn't been a year. wasn't even a year. If you talk to people I had dated in the past, they wouldn't. They would say, yeah, I don't know what they would say, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not optimistic. Yeah, he was confused, drug me along a little bit, uh, awkward at times. That's too much information. But I know for me, I had to identify what, who I was, what was important, and where I was going in a number of directions. Being driven to focus on our negative qualities for so long, we find ourselves in a series of unstable and shallow relationships that are short-lived and painful, no matter what we do to change them. If, if we don't understand who we are or we're afraid of who we are, we're more likely to follow the crowd and, and far more likely to be led astray by those who see the vulnerable hurt lurking inside. There's a great quote. It's like, we, we cannot depend on other people. I'm butchering this. Um, uh, when, when we're incomplete, we look to other com- people to complete us, and it will never satisfy. Selfishness. Depending on how we look at it, selfishness, Selfishness can be a self-preserving, evolutionary must-have, or a personality deficit that's to be avoided at all costs. Hmm. Having a selfish parent who's distant can lead to the same behaviors in ourselves, something which can make it hard to connect with others on a deep and meaningful level. If we can't share, for example, physically or emotionally, we find ourselves trapped in a multitude of negative emotions that can corrode who we are and how we perceive ourselves. Hmm. Yeah, it's like being able to keep it real and share where we are sometimes. There can be conflict-filled adult relationships. Being loved or cared for appropriately by our parents can lead to some truly happy things. Conversely, opposites true, and there are some rough conflicts uh, in our childhood, and these traumas of being invalidated can follow us. If we're abused or neglected, invalidated regularly, 
there are some negative coping characteristics that result. Um, we are shown, and I think it's been demonstrated now, to have struggles with long-term relationships. Um, there's anger, there's grief, an impermeable sense of hopelessness. I feel like relationships are at the key of anxiety for a lot of people. Mm. There can be some disorders <laughs> that come up, which can be dealt with. So, we see that we've been invalidated. Check. We see that it has an impact on my life today. Check. All right. How do I move forward? How do I, you know, not start thinking, oh my gosh, my childhood screwed me up. My childhood screwed me up. I was dismissed and it's causing problems today. That creates more anxiety. That is not the way to deal with it. Um, we are given some things to do through these two articles about what to do. We saw Mary there, my only story for today, who is in therapy. Great start, Mary. You're on to it. Okay. We have to first accept that this happened and that I, that we are the only ones who can heal ourselves. Emotionally absent, absent parents aren't fully present and they never can be. It's highly likely if a parent was dismissive who invalidated us regularly, they don't have the skills or the tools or the interest to do it right now. Some of it, sometimes they change. We see them change and grow. So number one, be the parent we always deserved. We're hurt by our parents. We go out looking for healing in all the wrong places, sex, drug, and rock and roll. <laughs> um, I actually said that, and that's the next word in the sentence here. Um, the, the thing is, it doesn't satisfy. It never satisfies. Sex won't satisfy, really. Neither will drugs or, or the adventure or backpacking through Europe. Though, though They have their place, but they can't be at the core. We, only we can save ourselves. Sometimes we've got to be that parent. That means treating ourselves well. Checking in with how we're feeling. How am I doing? That means gratitude practices. Be a mentor for myself. Advocate for myself. Put a group of people around me that can be supportive. i got to be that guy to myself. How am I the loving parent? How can I be the loving friend or parent to myself that, that I always wanted right now? How would that sound? You know, for me, to, to, to make it really applicable, fancy word, thank you, I might say to myself, you know what? Um, I'm really working on um, finding out what I'm all about. I'm committed to, um, I'm committed to really showing up for myself today. You know what? Today I feel like crap and I am working on learning about validating myself. Some positive reinforcements, some affirmations and actions. We're committed to commitments, not feelings. Activities. What activities? What is it for you? I know for me, this morning I played the fight, UFC baby, while I rolled 
using the foam roller and stretched. That's a beautiful activity. I'm going to get my hands dirty with painting the house lime wash later today. We build up confidence that was wrecked by this dismissive parent. We celebrate our strengths and our victories every day. If I have to force myself to, or rather when I force myself to count yesterday's victories, it, it changes that negative self-talk, that negative rumination. Write notes to ourselves. Mindful journaling. Yes, did I, did I sit in the steam room yesterday or sauna? Absolutely. Did I swim? Of course. Did I stretch? You know it. I, uh, write notes. Learn how to love ourselves and the rest of the world will follow. So it starts by that. Hmm. It's a little bit vague for me, <laughs> but, but I, I get the point. How about this? Number two, dig deep, examine, and forgive. Having a painful past can make it hard to re- revisit these times. That can be traumatic. It's necessary when it comes to facilitating our own healing and joy. we got to look at the puzzle pieces. And, and forgiveness isn't excusing the actions or of the past or pardoning the damage they've done. It means that we give ourselves permission to move on and permission to let go of the pain and the hurt that's kept us crippled. Open ourselves to the reality of our feelings and express our pain in the way that it feels most productive. I know for me, I have to stop expressing it. If I just keep rehashing it, it gets worse. I'll tell you for me personally. And I said this a moment ago, part of realizing some of the own invalidations I experienced. You know, um, I say to myself, I, I have everything I need. I have all the tools, all the training. I have great friends and great support. I don't need to be validated for any hurt from my parents. It's okay. They don't need to do that for me because they can't. On some level, they're sick people. I have to just accept that they are who they are. They love me. I know it. In my case, this is there. And I'm just going to show up and help them. I'm letting go. I see the pain it caused. I see how my 20s, how I attempted to deal with it. And here I am today. I've gotten through it. It no longer has control over me. And... um you know, I think there's some sort of prayer, uh, that word rather, you can call it, or, or saying where, hey, my, my quote, mom or dad is my caretaker, is a sick person. I ask for blessings for them, bless them with everything I want for myself. And then I have to draw an appropriate boundary where needed, but I'm going to try to be loving. Let ourselves feel, that's the next one. If we grow up with a dismissive parent, we learn to deal with our feelings by not dealing with them at all. Bury them deep. Well, we know that there's going to be a leak. It's always going to come out in usually a destructive way. That means the appropriate team. One thing I find is sometimes people who try to try to let themselves feel is we do it with the wrong people who aren't equipped to help us, who don't have the ability to help us. That's one thing I said about my parents. 
I don't, I don't need advice from mom and dad because it doesn't work for them or me. So I'm letting go of that. Pick our team carefully with, with who we're vulnerable with. Some, it could be a therapist, a, a really, really, really trusted friend. But it's got to be very careful. There's another one, blaming. Do you, do you all do the blaming thing? It's not your fault that mom and dad dismissed me or who I am on some level. And there's a spectrum out there. Extreme rejection and invalidation and micro-invalidation. And it matters. These parents are broken. They can be. I don't like that word. They're damaged. Just like us. It can be hard for us to see this. They're just people, man. They're just hurt. They struggle with their emotions. They struggle with past events just like we did. And this can lead them to becoming distant and unable to love us on any deep and meaningful level. Guess what? I would probably be just like my mom or dad should I have had their experiences and resources. And by the way, I got great parents. I, we have access to the internet and this incredible school of thought. And, you know, I, I can't hold anybody, mom or dad, to the same standard. I, I'm not going to blame myself. Um, well, I guess the point of that one is I don't get to blame myself. It's not on me. They got some issues that cause some pain. But I have to realize that I, I've got to let go of my anger towards self and them. I cannot stay angry at them. If I feel frustrated or guilty, you know, I'm not the one to blame for the distance or the dismissal my parent inflicts on me. Instead of ignoring those negative thoughts, let them come, feel it, replace them with positive self-talk that helps us feel better about the situation. Instead of thinking, it's my fault that mom treats me this way. If I would have just, okay, we got to stop that and replace it with, I'm trying my best and that's all I can do. They're a sick person and I, I want the best for them. I'll cover my part and they can cover theirs. It's not my, hey, I'm not my mother's keeper. I'm not my dad's keeper. I'm not responsible for his behavior or emotions or viewpoints. That's not on me. Here's another one too for some of us separately who worry about parents. I tell this to students all the time. You are not responsible for your mom or dad's well-being. You're the kid here. They're the adult. It is not on you. It tells us to create new connections. I mentioned that a moment ago. A network of people who are supportive and they 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 give us, you know, it, it can be in a group setting specifically around healing. It can be friendships. It can be just, I, I've got to, Maybe I'm involved in a club. Maybe I'm um, participating in a hobby. Number six, this is huge. Realize my emotions are not reality. Okay, we have the parent that is incapable of being there for us. This can really skew the way we see the world and our place in it. When we struggle with our negative emotions, it can cause us to catastrophize situations. This is where there becomes this gap between reality and the beliefs we have. 
Our emotions are not reality. Though having this distant parent or being invalidated can make us feel unworthy of love, it's not the truth. It's not real. Remind, we've got to remind ourselves, I'm worthy of love as anybody else. And I don't just see things the way that, that way because I've been hurt and i got to work at seeing things differently. Our emotions are not a reflection of reality. I am not my thoughts. I am not my emotions. Though it feels that way, it appears that way. Imagine someone else experiencing my feelings and imagine what they would say. Uh, what 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 they would say if I told them that? Um, actually, hang on. Let me back that up. Imagine someone else experiencing your emotions, and imagine what you would say to them if they told you their parents didn't love them. Oh, I see. Got it. So, how would I respond with support? Would I agree that they're worthless or unlovable? Give ourselves the support I'd want, I'd give to a friend in need, right? Next one, set boundaries. If I'm still in contact with this dismissive parent, it's imperative to learn how to manage that relationship in a way that protects my heart and my emotions. Now, I do have some boundaries set with parents and friends. I know that. I let go of uh, advice. I let go of needing validation from them. I set a, a mission statement around what I'm all about with my parents. It works for me. But I have those boundaries. Uh, I don't get in yelling matches. I don't, you know, um, if I'm dismissed, I, I I switch up. I don't try to, there is nothing I have to convince my mom or dad. I'm not worried of convincing them of anything. Um, but there are some things that I won't tolerate, and I have a response for that. And And that may look like an open conversation and be frank about what you need. And how this action that they do makes you feel. And we may have to set some boundaries. That's fine. It's not, a, But we have to be careful that we're not setting boundaries to have some sort of control. It's really to protect ourselves rather than control them. For example, hey, I appreciate you inviting me to Christmas. But I need you to send me these invitations sooner. Sorry, I have made other plans this one. Hmm. Stand firm in what you need. Stand firm in the knowledge that you have the right to need what you need. We've got to next step, recognize patterns, and we're getting there. Patterns of manipulation. If our parents are emotionally distant, they may coerce us into the behaviors they desire by engaging in an emotional manipulation that leaves us raw and insecure. Recognize these patterns and stop them before they have a chance to damage us. Disengage. Even if they may guilt us or, or, or make a- accusations, we got to stand tall in our convictions. Let them know, no, I, I'm not going to tolerate this. I'm not the scapegoat here. That may look like not answering the phone, refusing to give in when they tempt you with those emotions, push those buttons, triggers. Break that pattern. Small steps. 
Just remember, little bitty steps. It takes time. It takes time. I don't get to be hard on myself if it takes a while and trust that I am doing the work. And um, I'm learning, you know, I'm in the process of changing the dynamic right now, of setting those appropriate boundaries. Everyone does their best, everybody, me included, and mistakes are part of that journey. I'm going to get better. It's going to take time, conscious effort on my part. Maybe I might even have to do that, quote, inner child work. So, it listen, it can be hard to let go of past hurts. It is necessary. It starts with dealing with those injuries, understanding it, realizing how it's causing me to show up in the world today and uh, and, and, and then starting to address it, starting to change the conversation with myself, set those appropriate boundaries, change my ways. I, it's not going to be pretty. My emotions are not reality. It's hard. It's not as hard as living a life broken. If you're at if you're listening and you're doing the work, great. Great. You're one of the few people, it seems. I I'm not to blame. That's a beautiful article. You know, the uh, Live Well with Sharon Martin um, offers some some kind of similar but different tools. Um, if I'm invalidated and it's not apparent, I gotta I gotta have a conversation. Am I close to this person? Does their opinion matter? Why do I need to change their opinion? Have they shown an interest in understanding my feelings? Is it a good use of my time and energy to help them understand? Do they have a habit of invalidating my feelings? Have they responded okay in the past? I love trying to. You know, it, with those people I care about, when there's a there's a challenge or being invalidated, and I and I enjoy talking with students about this too, is how to communicate a hurt. You know, when you dot dot dot, I feel X. Would you dot 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 next time? When you, I feel, moving forward, please. <laughs> Pretty good. Sometimes though, it's not worth trying to you know, get get them to understand. Generally, the rule is, the closer the relationship is, the more important it is to, for them to understand. However, we do have to be realistic about their capabilities. If they repeatedly invalidate our feelings and they're not interested in motivation or change, I got to take the steps to distance myself and to take care of my own feelings. Now it's on me. Now I have to, I have to do the work to, It may look like calmly, no blame, state, I feel invalidated. It acknowledges I've been hurt. It gives the other person the opportunity to address it. The key, though, is not to get drawn into a debate about who's right or wrong. Set a boundary that states, this is how I want to be treated, and leave the situation if needs aren't respected. Do you role play? I think this is a must. We have in our heads how we may want to go about this. 
but I, I got to get a trusted friend with me to kind of role play how that conversation may look or, or advisor, mentor, counselor. Share this, uh, the article offers a little bit about how to affirm and validate your own feelings. And she has like 30 phrases here. I'll read a few. I respect and honor myself when I pay attention to and accept my feelings. I will try to slow down and make time to notice my feelings. I know that my feelings matter and I will value the truth and wisdom they contain. I can validate my feelings by reminding myself that all feelings are acceptable and have a purpose. My feelings matter and they aren't wrong. Hmm, maybe. I will validate my feelings by making them a priority. I will hold on to my truth and validate my own feelings. Yeah, I don't know. Those, those aren't don't exactly speak to me. I know for me is I have this feeling it's a little out of control and I'm going to work on managing this emotion. It's okay that I have this feeling. Why wouldn't I? I'm an anxious SOB. Of course I'm anxious. I offer a lot of tools on how to how to talk to ourselves about the anxiety because a lot of times when we're dealing with anxiety, do you notice, I'm going to pivot, instead of dealing with the anxiety itself, I'm dealing with an issue deeper that may have got us to the panic attack depersonalized point. So even if you're in a DP state or highly panic attacked or, or having extreme panic attacks, something like this being invalidated or one of the other multitude of, of things may have got us to this point. That's just not the battleground right now. So even if we get out of that DPDR, even if we get out of the panic attack state, it's usually something that got us there that we then have to investigate. Remember to, um, I don't need other people to tell me my feelings are acceptable. I don't. The important thing is that I know my feelings are valid regardless of what other people think. I am the only one who can validate my feelings and deem them acceptable and legitimate. No one can do it for me. External validation doesn't mean anything until I can validate my own. So they're putting them in their proper place. That's beautiful. So today, let's, let's close it up. Let's close it up for today. 7-12-2020. What a beautiful date. It's about being dismissed. Some of you, I'm thinking, maybe the first time you're like, oh, I've been invalidated. Others may be well on your journey and, and think it's, it's, it's really nice to hear it's not just me. I needed to hear that. Um, others are on to that next phase where you're looking at tactics and strategies to, to change the dynamic of, of, uh, with yourself and others. Hit me up if you need, if you need additional help, support at anxietyhelpwithwest.com, support at anxietyhelpwithwest.com. I always like to share a little bit about myself, um, at the end. 
Um, I've got coffee in my hand. It's delicious. Oh, yeah, there's more to go, too. Uh, we have a garden. I just licked the keyboard as I spilled coffee on it. That's weird. I have a garden, and I'm, I'm spending a lot of time with my hands. Um, I have, by the way, a great relationship with my parents today. Great relationship. They are flawed, sick people, and also beautiful, amazing people. Uh, I started out with every advantage in this world. I know that. <laughs> it's every all these things are conflicting, right? I have great parents, and I and I've really been dismissed on some levels, and I feel invalidated, and that's caused a lot of pain for today. Listen, guys, if you don't know me, I took off in my 20s to go to Los Angeles. I had panic. I had anxiety. I decided to become an actor. And I, and I had this journey there. I had some wins, mostly losses. A lot of hopelessness, a lot of aimless direction, a lot of really uh, at times of low self-esteem, negative core beliefs. And for me, the kicker was when I had like a year plus of success as an entertainer, I had a movie, I had toured the road with a band. I've shared this before, so sorry if you've heard this. And I realized, oh wait, my internal state doesn't change with any of this. That I realized, oh, we got some serious work to do. (laughs) That what I thought I would get from having, quote, success doesn't change anything about how I feel about me, even intensifies it a little bit. Okay, we've got some works to do, yo. That's that's the story for me. And um, I work on my anxiety every day. I work on my energy every day. I work on my attitude. There are so many incredible benefits that have come as a result of my anxiety. For example, when I'm in an argument with my wife, as a result of knowing that i got some super flawed beliefs, I'll always say, hmm, it's probably me. <laughs> what? What what is my part here? Oh my gosh. I'm the one who's needed a lot of help to function in society. So what what how am I blind here? How am I approaching this wrong? I always do that. And then sometimes I get on my horse and I think, well, I've had X help and this isn't this one's on you. But um that 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 training always kicks in. All those tools kick in. Anything else I want to share for today? Yeah, I've been getting my hands dirty with with pulling up different uh, foods from the garden. Why, why did I start a garden? Because I heard it g- g- spending time in green and and growing your own foods for health is just one of the formulas to to help to help with anxiety. Why why is there a cat sitting beside me? Well, originally it was to help with that anxiety. It's become more of a loving bond, by the way, over time. <laughs> there were selfish motives when I originally bought the cat, all right? I, I wanted I wanted a little bit of help with anxiety, perhaps. Like, I know they're good for anxiety. Uh, I found out very quickly she'll cut, this is little Emmy is my cat, and she'll cut my legs and arms up. And uh, wasn't quite what I thought, but it's beautiful. I think that when I have kids, I will be a better parent because of having a cat. I had to go in my journal and write about being angry at my cat. If I'm angry at my cat, it's, it's my, my fault. Like if I'm, 
if I'm flipping out over a cat, all right, this is outside of the natural level of how much anger I should be experiencing right now. And then I'm doing what's called a lime wash to my home. So I'm going to get, uh, again, get my hands dirty. I'm going to get physical, get my lime wash on. It's better than paint, apparently, and how it adheres to the brick and allows it to breathe. It's going to be ugly, but we're going to give it a go. I mean, it's going to be messy. And, um, oh, the, the last thing is I'm looking at additional certifications. I reached out to some mentors and I said, I'm a school counselor, but I really want to understand mental health even better on a clinical level. Some of my former professors were like, come on back, baby, get your LPC, licensed professional counselor thing. And um, that's something. I'm looking at the life coaching thing as well. And I'm thinking, how do these people form these businesses and partners? I'm so f- like appreciative of what some people can do because the idea of a business is really challenging for me but I think that's something maybe I aspire to to have some additional income that I've created myself are you sick of hearing about me yeah no you're not but kind of okay then let's pause it right there today is about invalidation feel free to connect with me anything any thoughts you have about this um, you know let, let me know how you're feeling Let me know how you're dealing with that invalidation. Support at anxietyhelpwithwest.com. Go to my website, you know. And um, I'm thinking about groups in the future because I was listening to Neil Strauss this week and he was talking about groups. And he said, you know something, in addition, outside, you know, when we try to make a change in our lives, sometimes we do this dramatic goal setting. He said, you know, for me, it's having a positive group that we're going to keep each other accountable and bring each other up. That's really cool. Neil Strauss, look him up. That's it for today. I will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.